Alright, so we're talking about the joy of the finished work tonight. And, um, yeah, it's something that we're familiar with, what Jesus has done. Um, but the, uh, the way that I've kind of seen how he's working that out in our daily lives has just been something that's been pretty transformational for me. And I just want to let you guys in on that and share that with you. So, um, yeah, I was mentioning how um, I have a personality that's more along this uh, achieving um, uh, standpoint, if you will. So I like, um, I like to accomplish things. I like to know what the goals are for a situation, and I just want to like go after that. And um, so I did this in sports as a figure skater, um, as a student throughout school. Um, I did it as a resident in a physical therapist residency. Um, what I also found, though, was that I was doing it in my faith as well to an extent. So um, I was surrounded, and we're all surrounded by this culture um, where um, you're punished for the things you do wrong, and you're rewarded for the good behavior. Um, so, uh, for example, we're used to hearing um, uh, accolades such as, um, you're the best, you're going places, you get a raise, like if we're doing things well. But um, we're less likely to hear that if um, we aren't performing at a certain level. And so I have been unintentionally relating to God this way. Um, I was trying to show that I deserved what he gave me. Uh, no show of hands, but um, how many of you have found yourselves frustrated with yourself at times um, about where you're at? Whether it be with a particular sin habit, the things you said, the way you responded, or fill in the blank, anything. Um, how often have you felt shame about that? And how often has this led you to believing that in the aftermath of one of those things, one of those moments, that you are not deserving of the good things that God has for you, or that you're not deserving of enjoying Him? How often do you think and strategize to fix um, um, to fix that so you will be deserving of what he's given you, and so you will have earned the reward of being happy and joyful with the Lord. I may just be preaching to myself, um, but these are things that I have felt and thought about often, and on top of that, I have this overarching question of, am I okay? Like, am I in the good with God? Are we in a good spot? Um, so the Lord recently gave me a picture of his mindset and disposition as we find ourselves in these struggles. Um, I was asking him to speak into one of these areas for myself, asking him for his vision and his words over this part of my life. And so, as I was in, just praying with him, uh, he gave me this picture of us being in a record store. Uh, the new Jesus Culture album was coming out the next day, and I felt like he just handed that to me, and there was this sense of being like, they got it, this is going to be awesome, I wonder what the songs are going to sound like, I wonder which ones are going to be good, like... And all these things, like, what's it going to sound like, the anticipation when something new is coming out? I don't know about you, but I love, like, movies, new music, Fridays, Spotify, I'm on that thing, like, before I even eat breakfast. <laughs> but I know, who's got the new singles? And I'm sharing it with you guys at 5.30 a.m. in the morning. <laughs> You've got these times. <laughs> um, so, yeah, there's that sense of anticipation about that. And um, so then we're walking towards the checkout. I was like, God, like, this is great, but you do know why I'm training right now. Like, aren't you curious or about like just wanting to speak into like this area of my life in particular and just want to like share how you like 
how you see me or how you see this situation. And I felt like he was just like, no, I'm not worried about that. And I mean, we were kind of like, what? <laughs> and um, I would have been, but um, he had been kind of speaking into this area and just over into this theme a little bit. And um, it has to do with his finished work. So I would like to suggest, and I believe that he was saying, it's because he trusts and knows the finality and completeness of his finished work. That is why God is not worried about our present circumstances. The way that we are, at least. He's not as anxious about them. So the finished work frees us from any condemnation, from the enemy, others, or ourselves, to fully pursue relationship with the Lord, fully and freely living in our identity and pursuing the plans he has for us. The joy of the finished work is that while in the not yet, in the middle of our struggles, you are free to fully embrace your identity and destiny and fully able to enjoy God. That's what I kind of want to unpack for us tonight. So, is this freeing us to sin? As Paul says in Romans, by no means. Um, but it does mean that wherever you are in this ongoing process of becoming more like Christ, um, that it does not have any say over your identity, and it does not disqualify you from your destiny. And, continues on the next page, it does not present, prevent you from enjoying the Lord and the good things he has brought into your life. You do not have to achieve perfection before stepping into this. It's not a checklist. It's not a K-12 system. You get your identity and purpose today, exactly where you are. And the truth is, is you've had it since you were born again. But my goal for today is to help to get us from point A to B, from this truth that we've heard before to what it means for ourselves in the middle of our struggles, in the middle of our process. So um, the passage that we're going to be focusing on today is Hebrews um, 10. Um, so if you want to turn there, you can, or me. And I don't know about you guys, but the church that I was at before this, they did the whole like A, B version, so technically it's chapter 10, 9, B that we're starting off at. Alright, so let's just get there. Alright. I'm crouching over because of the light. You know, you get behind me. <laughs> All right, so then he, let's see, we're going to start with, okay, he sets aside the first to establish the second. So this is talking about the old covenant and the new covenant. So the old covenant being this um, system of sacrifices to the new covenant being that Jesus paid for um, our sin and um, died for us um, so as we could receive his righteousness once and for all. So, and by that will, we have been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Say once for all. Once for all. Once for all. Day after day, every priest stands and performs his religious duties. Again and again, he offers the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. But the priest had offered for all time one sacrifice for sins. He sat down at the right hand of God. And since that time, he waits for his enemies to be made his footstool. For by one sacrifice he has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. The Holy Spirit also testifies to us about this. First he says, This is the covenant I will make with them. After that time, says the Lord, I will put my laws in their hearts and I will write them on their minds. 
Then he adds, their sins and lawless acts I will remember no more. And where, there, and where these have been forgiven, sacrifice for sin is no longer necessary. All right. So, why is God not I often answered this with the parent analogy, especially when we're talking about mistakes and just growing in our new creation, um, which I feel like this has been shared a lot with the whole thing of like, if your child falls when they're learning to walk, you're not going to be upset with them. Um, and it's true to an extent. Like, I feel like that works in a way where it's like, it does help you to get this picture of like, God is not mad as your fault, as we are like learning to, um, to walk in righteousness, to walk in our new identity. Um, so uh, I think that's a good picture, and I feel like a lot of the other um, teachings from other churches and in ours about like the heart of God is really important because we sometimes settle too much inwardly and are forgetting that at the end of the day, He loves us, like works us out um, with that, and that actually comes before anything else. So, um, when this question was first posed to me, um, I had answered, God cares less about our perfection and more about our, more about our pursuit of him. And so, the heart of that is correct to an extent, um, and the fact that God is not legalistic. Um, he's not keeping score of what we've done and what we're doing, and this passage says that as well. He says he remembers our sins no more. Um... Let's see. But um, the passage also says something else. It actually says that he carries very much about our perfection. Does that intimidate you? Because with my personality of being an achiever, that really freaks me out. <laughs> and I'm kind of strategizing about how to go about this task of perfection. Like, if you really care about, about that, I need to start planning. But as you can see, I'm not freaking out. Not strategizing. At least not on this. But no, I'm not. Um, and that's because the passage says that he's already taken care of our perfection. Verse 14 says, For by a single offering he has perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. Now how freeing is that? The fact that this is something that he cares about. We're not wrong to have this desire for righteousness and for perfection. But he's actually done the work for us already. We don't have to worry that we have to earn up this um, so, rhetorically, I'm asking why God is not worried, and I'm going to answer that with um, the first thing. There'll be more than one. But the first thing is that um, God is not worried because what, um, what you are staring at in the present, he's already taken care of, and calls you in the present righteous and perfect. And he is confident in this work that he's done for you. He's actually sitting there. Sitting does not sound like an anxious stance or posture, but one of rest and confidence. So we, uh, we look at our shortcomings in those areas that the Lord is sanctifying, and we often worry. But in the present, in the middle of the struggle, the Lord is enjoying time with us at a record store. There's a discrepancy between our thoughts and His at times. We believe that our sin disproves our righteousness and who we are. The truth is that it just proves that we are still being sanctified. The enemy would love for you to believe that you are not righteous, that you are not justified, that you still have to be concerned about your salvation and what God thinks of you. Because the more you're concerned about that, the less time you'll spend pursuing the purposes that God has called you to on this earth. The finished work we just read about reminds us that 
what we're worried about has already been taken care of. And the identity we're trying to live up to is not in question, and it's not going anywhere. So maybe you're asking the question, how will we get there? <laughs> There's a gap. Uh, God's not worried, so I don't have to be worried, but am I asking something? And so we're going to go to 2 Corinthians 3.18. Really simple, um, short little verse there. Here we go. It says, And we all, who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory, are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Um, the English Standard Translation says that we're moving from glory to glory. So, what is God saying? That this is a progressive sanctification. When we are made new, spiritually, uh, spiritually born again, we do not pop out as a 70-year-old wise person who has all the victory in situations and all the wisdom and endless pickings of the fruit of the Spirit. No, we, we start off as a baby. And so there's no question that we've been sanctified, that we've been righteous, that we are new. But we do have to learn what it looks like to walk in that. And I feel this, I find this verse so encouraging that this is a progression. It's kind of affirming, God is affirming you exactly where you are. He's like, I see you, I know where you're walking through, and I'm not worried. He is less anxious about our progress than we are because he understands this process of um, progression. And um, with that, we have the Spirit who is written God's words on our hearts, who is interceding for us just as Jesus is. And do you know what the result of his working means? It's our transformation into the image and the full measure of Christ's likeness. If you have entrusted your life to Jesus, this is for you. If you haven't yet, it's super easy to join. No membership cost, not like Costco or Amazon Prime. Where like once a year, just like, dang, it's coming up again. I just like go towards this. But we love the service, so we pay for it. But I just want to let you know, you can love this one and it's free. So just talk to us afterwards. <laughs> All right. So the second answer for the reason that God is not worried about your current sin, actions, etc. at those moments is because the Holy Spirit is inside of you, which is also one of the outcomes of the finished work. If the Spirit is within you, which it is if you've chosen to follow him, there is literally no other outcome possible than you being transformed into his image. None. You may feel like a mess, really struggling in certain areas right now, but you know what? You end up in glory, and you end up in the same image and likeness as Jesus. The reason the Lord is not worried about our present circumstances is because he knows who we are. We are his children, his daughters, his sons. And um, he knows the fruit of his finished work, our Christ likeness. And what does that also mean? It means that he sees the end. God, outside of time, sees us in our final glory because of what he's done at the cross, because of the outcome of the cross, the Holy Spirit inside of you. Revelation gives us a lot of insight into the end, and for strategic reasons, I'm not speaking on that book tonight, because there's a lot going on there. But at the very basic level of it, what it reminds us of is that God knows the end of the story. And he reminds us that we end up together 
his, and, his daughters and sons are united with him in the end. So what does that mean for us now? Well, I'm going to tell you a little bit of what this has looked like for me, um, because that may help a lot. I, um, just like all of you, have walked through temptation. Walked through temptation. Nice. I could have said fast times there. That's not true. Um, and sometimes I make uh, godly choices, and sometimes I don't. Um, but for a long time, this looked more like sin management. It felt like I was trying to please God, and it was motivated by lies that God wasn't happy with me. And it felt like that I could not move on in my life until certain struggles were taken care of. Kind of like this checklist. Like, I can go here once I've taken care of this. Or, like, I can enjoy time with God or with his people, like, after I kind of, like, punished myself for not being, for falling into temptation with that. And then you kind of have to ask the question, well, how much time is long enough? <laughs> like, you can't, um... We don't make the best, uh, we're not very good at this whole punishment reward system. God's taking care of that. Mm. All right. So um, I saw his favor in other areas of, the, of my life, but I didn't see my identity from his gifts to me, which is his work. Um, I saw it from my work. I was kind of looking more at my identity from things that I was doing versus the things that he was saying and the things that he was giving me favor with. Um, he has walked me through understanding of the areas that I struggle with and what those roots are, but he didn't start with that knowledge. Do you know where he started? Well, I'm going to tell you. Uh, my identity. I remember just after I moved here, I met with our pastor, um, and I was just talking to him about where I was at, sharing that with him, and he just started speaking identity to me. And, like, when you're having conversations um, with pastors or a leadership person, um, for me, at least, there was a kind of always hoping that I was, like, going to get, like, the magic key for certain things to just know, like, how do I, like, step into the fullness of this and, like, grow beyond this? And he just started speaking just who I was as a son of God. And I remember leaving that conversation and kind of being surprised and, like, he didn't say anything about it. I was hoping it was going to happen in this conversation. <laughs> um, but it was different. And I knew that there was something to that. I knew that God was saying, like, this is not what you are expecting, but there's actually something here, and I kind of want you to pursue that. Um, and it didn't end there. Um, for a good year and a half to two years, the Lord spoke his value over me through the community around me. I was always kind of a little surprised about it, especially if I'm looking at myself through my own works and still feeling like I have to earn my identity and kind of have to achieve things before I can move forward then um, as people are just speaking life and value into things they see in me, it's just kind of like, oh, okay, well, that's cool. Well, maybe I am okay then. Because at the same time, I'm looking for someone to speak into that as well. And um, do you know why he speaks of identity over us first? Because we must know that the heart of God loves us, values us, and has dreamed about a life with us. Uh, Ephesians says that, the works that he's planned for us, he thought of us before the beginning of time. And there was a separation by a sin that got in the way, but that has been taken care of. We are new, and we are being sanctified now, and we will be united with him. One of the greatest hurdles is believing that his work is greater than ours. His work speaks louder, is more complete, 
more all-encompassing than ours. We believe that, good or bad, those things are speaking louder than what he's done. But he spent two years telling me who I was before he started showing me what to do and how to engage. Because our victory doesn't come from what we do, but from who we are. The identity comes before the work and overpowers any work, good or bad. Whatever he has called you, you're allowed to own, regardless of the faults you made during the day. Several months ago, I was down on myself in one of those occasions, and I was kind of like, God, like, I don't, like, deserve your grace and your mercy, and I was having a moment. And I felt like he was like, you're right, in a gentle way, like, you don't deserve it. You don't deserve my grace, you don't deserve my mercy, but you have a right to it. And for some reason, like, that, just everything stops then, and I was like, that is even more powerful than what I thought, like, I have a right to my identity. I have a right to the purposes you have for me, to the plans you have for me, to the destiny you have for me that goes outside of anything I've done. And like I said, it's not giving permission for anything, but it is giving you freedom to move forward because he, that is the joy of the finished work, that he has already done that for you. I'm getting slightly ahead of myself. Um, but I would like to say that for you guys too, that you have a right to your identity a right to enjoy God, and a right to your destiny. It's a completely outside of your work, and it has everything to do with his. The joy of the finished work is that while in the night, in the middle, you are free to fully embrace your identity and destiny, and fully able to enjoy God. The joy is that you do not need to be spending all your time thinking about how to fix things that you believe are limiting you from your identity destiny and joy, because he's already forgiven you. So if we don't have to have thoughts of worry about that, where does that leave us? You can actually live your life. Pursue your destiny in relationship with him with abandon, knowing that his work has given you the right to do that. The enemy has no argument for that. The joy of the finished work is that you are righteous right now, right where you are. And God is not anxious about where you are. He's not anxious about your progress because he's confident in the finished work. And he sees you in your final glory. You'll, your full measure of the image of Christ. So what is he bringing to mind? What things have you believed needed to be achieved or figured out before fully agreeing with who you are, before fully pursuing the good works he has for you, before enjoying him and his people. You know, to enjoy something, you need to be enjoying, and in Christ, we are inside of him. He is inside of you. And in a minute, we're going to ask the author of joy a few questions. And before I do that, I'm just going to let you reflect on that for a moment. Just kind of want to pause for us to think about that.
there's one thing I want us to take away from today. Um, I just want to make sure that as we are growing, as we're um, becoming more like Christ, that we're not allowing the enemy to, to speak lies into our lives, that, um, that God made a mistake, that we're not good, um, that we don't deserve the good things he's given us, that um, we can have our destiny and the purposes and the plans for us only after we've accomplished something. I want you to know that because of what Christ has done, you get all that today and tomorrow and anytime moving forward. I never want you guys to agree um, with the enemy that you don't deserve that. Mm -hmm. And like I said, you actually have more than that. You have a right to that. Mm -hmm. I want you to find freedom. Like how often throughout our days, maybe I'm just speaking to myself again, do like, am I, are we just thinking about just the things that we feel like God isn't pleased about? Like that just, he, he forgot it. Sometimes I think we're like overusing our memory compared to him. <laughs> he like, is, like, he is thinking about, he is working um, in our lives, looking from the future and bringing that into the present. But we are often looking from the past into the present. We sometimes need to shift that gauge a little bit and take the moment to ask God, what do you see right now? Where do you see me? It's um, in the prophetic circle, someone you have shared before, like, I see you in the future, and you look good. And bringing that into existence and just speaking that into our lives with that. Yeah, so let's bow our heads. All right. And um, we're going we're gonna to just go through a few questions in a moment. But um, I first want to give people the opportunity to follow him if that has not happened in your life yet. Nothing crazy. We're not going to raise hands. We're not going to stand up. This is just between you and him. But um, I'm just going to give you the following prayer, and there's no magic to the words. This comes from your heart. Um, but um, it's just, yeah, something between you and him. But if you need language, I just want to articulate it for you. So you can just silently pray this to him. Jesus, I believe in what you have done. That your finished work has accomplished my righteousness. I recognize that on my own, I am not perfect, and that my sin has separated us. But I know that you are greater. I know that you love me. I know that you pursue me. And I know that you want your righteousness to be my righteousness. So I give you my life. I entrust you my life. I believe that you lived a perfect life, took on my sin and its judgment, died and rose again fully dealing with my sin. I give that to you so I can receive your righteousness and begin an eternal relationship with you. And for all of us now, knowing that we're inside of him, let's ask him if there is anything limiting us. What works of our own do we believe have spoken louder than his finished work? What areas of our growth have we been anxious about, but that, in fact, he is not anxious about? 
what things have kept you from stepping into the joy and the good things that he's given you because you felt like you did not deserve them. And as anything is coming to mind, ask him, ask him to turn that into something visible. When that happens, I want you to picture yourself giving whatever that is to Jesus. Pretend you're giving that to him. Whatever has been weighing on you, whatever things are coming to mind that have been holding you back, just want you to picture you're putting that into his hands. And when that happens, having given that to him, I want you to ask him what he wants to give you in return. If we're giving him something, he's always going to give us something back. And lastly, if I'm going too fast, don't worry. This is getting recorded. <laughs> we'll put it on Instagram. <laughs> Um, these questions at least. Uh, I want you to ask him what it looks like to not live for earning the identity and destiny that he already accomplished for you. What does it look like to not have to strive or worry or be anxious about things that he's forgiven already? And what does it look like to just live in that truth and actually move forward pursuing destiny, living from identity? knowing that he's accomplished that for you, what would that look like? We're going to stay here. Um, I'm just going to say a prayer, though, but feel free to just stay there. Um, we're going to move into communion and then finish with one song for worship. Um, but no rush. Uh, Jesus, we, we thank you for your finished work. And we thank you for what you've done. We thank you for um, the joy that comes from knowing that we are free that we are free from the worries about um, if we truly have earned our identity, from the worries of if we're okay. Um, the worry, worries of if our works are stronger than yours. And um, from the, the feelings that we don't deserve what you've given us. We thank you that your finished work says that we are your sons and daughters, that we are righteous, that we are perfect, and that we are going places. 
We thank you that that speaks into every single situation of our lives, God. We thank you that we move from blessing and not before it. I just feel like he's saying, guys, that he is pleased with you. We were just singing earlier how we are confident in him. But remember that he is confident. He is your cheerleader this week. That even when you are not happy with um, some of your choices, when temptation may come, that he is your cheerleader that says, you know what, it's okay, we're gonna walk through this. And you're going to be okay. Because you know why, I see the end. And I trust my finished work so completely. I trust my Holy Spirit within you. And I know that the only thing it can produce is your, um, your full measure of Christ-likeness. You are going places. Kind of a cliche statement, I feel like that's used a lot, but when you see it now, just see it that way. <laughs> just let that prophetically speak into where you're going. You're going to be with him united in heaven forever. Whatever lies the enemy wants to say, they don't, they can't even hold up to that truth. Ever. Ever. So I thank you, Jesus, for the joy in knowing that. <laughs> We do not have to worry about these things anymore. And I pray that if we do, that your truth would speak through you, through the church community around us. I pray as we think about uh, those in our family, God, as we see their, as we see their final glory, as we see them in their full measure, as we see them down the road, um, that we would just agree with that. We would partner with them and we would speak that. I thank you, God, how your story is more magnificent than we could even imagine. But I thank you for you sharing, uh, just sharing this with sharing a great deal of magnificence that we are okay and we are more than okay. We are brilliant. We are righteous. We are perfect. 